Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I'm David Borax, and this is R&D in the QC. Tarek Bakari and Larkin Eggleston, one Republican and one Democrat who bonded as first-term Charlotte City Council members. Somehow, they both got reelected, and now we're stuck listening to another season of this amateur hour bullshit. In the first 82 episodes, they talked to a governor, a senator, presidential candidates, and even a journalist or two. Their goal again this season, bringing Charlotte listeners behind the scenes of the city council in one of America's fastest-growing cities. I won't be listening, but for some reason, you are. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 91 of R&D in the QC. This week, Lark and I are going to recap the business meeting that just happened this fine Monday night, as well as a week in review. It feels like it's uh, it was, somewhere around 6 a.m. the next day by feelings. It was right only now. a four-hour meeting, which might not sound short compared to normal life meetings, but compared to city council meetings, not the longest. Uh, but it felt like the longest. It felt terrible. So um, you want to take tonight's meeting first? Or you want to take the uh, week in review first? Uh, we're let's gonna take- we're gonna once again attempt for like the thirtieth time in our ninety-one episodes. To do a sub thirty minute episode, let's and do a short once one. Again, fail. No, we will do a short one. I'm not sure I feel we've it. ever been under thirty. We're going to do it this one. This is a short episode. We're going to give it a try. Right. Fans, give us feedback. Chronological. We can review tonight's meeting. Shut it down. Wait, chronological as in like start from tonight and go backwards? No, nope, that's not how chronological works. <laughs> that's what I did. That's why I was confused with how you said <laughs> and, it. Um, and also, if anyone happens to listen to this, we will be putting this out about 10 p.m. tonight. You got two hours left to vote in the best of the best. Awards oh, for you Shell have magazine. to. So if you're listening to this to help put you to sleep, I'm going to say that early in the episode so you don't fall asleep before you hear it in the end of the episode. Charlotte Magazine, go on best of the best awards and vote for us for best. Podcast. I'll put it in the title just in case anyone's got a couple hours left and hasn't done it. Okay. You got to vote for six total. If you vote for one. They don't take your results, so you've got to vote for at least six categories. Week in review since our last episode. Tuesday, out at the airport, American Airlines uh, opened up some new gates in the, uh, I've now forgotten already, which concourse, I think it was A. Irrelevant. The only concourse that they uh, were not currently in. Mm. Up over 700 daily flights now, American Airlines. So that was that. Cool. Wednesday. I went to support my good friend Ray McKenna at his campaign event. I need to go to one of those. I feel like I'd be welcomed with open arms. This was a good one. It was at Shook Kelly, a uh, local architect over on the west side. And um, Senator Muhammad and I were there. I got a haircut a Wednesday. <clears throat> good. and uh, We had a great neighborhood. Weird. Did com- you go to a different barber? Stop it. What it are does, you talking it, about? It's different than normal. Why would you say that? I, I told you the other day. I said, are you letting your son, who's six, practice cutting hair what do you mean it looks different than normal i, know, I get a haircut weird. once every three months from now. the same person yeah i don't know it just looks weird it's the same great neighborhood committee meeting that's the new name of it we had a committee meeting and that's where we went a little more in depth into i believe some of the opportunities with 
the percentage of no no that wasn't right what was in that committee meeting because that was uh, later in the IRC meeting I don't remember what we talked well, about well I wasn't meeting. there but I'm glad you were paying attention <laughs> we um, talked about something about the 20 to 10 percent AMI for the stuff that we then talked about tonight which was I a, think that was intergovernmental that was intergovernmental I don't remember so, uh, good recap on that meeting yeah I'm just uh, looking at my Wednesday. calendar Violence prevention team meeting, which is all the interagency mm. groups getting together. And the one big takeaway there is of the four hotspots that we've been discussing as we talk about community safety and violent crime, uh, this working group, interagency group, is going to tackle and pilot some solutions and some ideas uh, first in the Beatty's Ford LaSalle hotspot. Mm. So okay. we'll, uh, we'll start heading down that path. That night, Wednesday night, I had a group conference call amongst a couple heavy hitters in town and the West Coast executive team at Activision Blizzard about Charlotte. I can only assume that's esports. That is esports. About Charlotte getting uh, potentially a uh, Call of Duty and Overwatch team franchise. Do you think there's an opportunity, and I'll let you in on the ground floor of this, mm. co-owners. G-sports. <laughs> Tecmo Super Bowl League. Dude, a bunch of a couple of us have talked about uh, doing a throwback tournament of like oh three Tiger Woods whatever for oh, I'm, you. I'm throwing it way back. I'm saying like Tech Tech Mobile? Super Bowl. Yeah, no, because Super I, Mario Brothers, you know what I would take. I would RC take Pro-Am, what was it the Zelda. Oakland. I take the Oakland Raiders and get Bo Jackson. And get Bo Jackson, yeah, I mean, and then you just keep, you can't be beaten. Bo Jackson, all time greatest. What were the other games you threw out there? Uh, like Zelda, Contra, Contra, dope. RC Pro Am. Mm-hmm. RC Prime was great. That was a good game. Excite Bike, oh, killer. That was a good one. Build your own uh, thing. I just I really got think a, There's a market for this. I think like an old man, like kind of like old guys get you know our thirty. But then like we get serious, they, and all of a sudden like we're like we're like we're quitting our jobs to compete. Yeah. It's. I think it, people would watch Excite Bike, and the kids would watch it because it'd be like weird. It's G Sports. It's geriatric sports. <laughs> OG Esports. I did buy a new Xbox One S for my son. And how much FaceTime has he gotten with it versus He's gotten you? a fair amount. Yeah, I let him play uh, uh, Rocket when League <laughs> when I'm done. Rocket League at night when everyone goes to bed. I've been playing a little bit of Call of Duty myself. Are you trying to go pro? I'm going to tell you there's a slight hope in the back of my head that I could be good enough You're to not. do it, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Um, on Thursday, the YWCA had their big annual fundraising luncheon, mm. and they had a really cool announcement. And I'm going to get the number of units wrong, but I think it was around 120. They're going to take – they've got some extra land on their site on Park Road, which is a definitely a high-opportunity corridor. This is walking distance to Park Road Shopping Center, uh, walking distance to Monford Drive, and all the office buildings that are kind of up uh, Park Road there near Woodlawn. They're going to build 120 or, or somewhere in that ballpark um, affordable units on that site. So that was big news and awesome. They're going to be doing that in partnership with the Charlotte Mecklenburg Housing Partnership. That day was also uh, two things. One, the great snowstorm, and two, the HTA Black Tie Gala. Was that the snow? That was a snowstorm. Snowmageddon, dude. I survived. Um, yes, HTA Gala, always a raucous good time. It was. It was. Uh, this weekend, also. What did you do Friday? I went to the uh, I went to the human rights campaign reception. They have their big annual dinner on Saturday, but I was otherwise committed Saturday, so went over to the Wells Fargo atrium and joined the folks from the human rights campaign. Uh, always a fun party. Was disappointed to not be able to human be rights. That sounds good. At, I'm, uh, for, I'm for that. At their right? dinner on Saturday, 
but I couldn't be at their dinner on Saturday because I was at the Hornets game for Black History Month. The Hornets did a really cool thing both at a luncheon Saturday day and at the game Saturday night honoring the Greensboro Four, the four North Carolina A&T students who uh, I I believe it was like right at 60 years ago this month began the sit-ins at the Woolworth lunch counter in Greensboro. And um, one, there's two of those four gentlemen are still alive. One was supposed to be able to come and actually the weather, I think he lives up in the Northeast, the weather prevented him from being able to attend. But um, Franklin McCain, who's a civil rights legend, I got to be with his son and, and talk to him for a while. And um, we had the first, at the luncheon, one of the speakers was the first African-American Chief Justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court, who was also, prior to that, the first African-American state legislator in the 20th century. Um, so the Hornets brought in some just absolute uh, civil rights icons for this event, and it was really, really neat to you know, we all know that story, but to really hear it kind of in a, a first-person perspective. Um, also, speaking of the Hornets, on Friday night, again, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, eSports nerded out right now. On Friday night, the NBA 2K League had their annual NBA 2K draft. They streamed it live on uh, Twitch. And uh, we actually had well, our first this... two picks. We picked Adam Morrison and Sean May. Mm-hmm. That would have been sweet. Um, no, we actually, with the sixth pick in the draft, they made uh, they made some bold moves. I'm trying to find this dude's name. You can follow him on uh, Bill Smith on Twitter. <laughs> no, it's not Bill Smith. It is. Uh, I just well expose him. Um, that's his name. Alex is his real name, but he's at expose him underscore. And this guy right here, um, he is on the right of this picture right here. Expose him cool dude young dude like do you understand How do we know is this kid like 16 or 26 or i think he's i think he's 20 actually they said 20 years old i think he's moving so he, to charlotte so he didn't even use up all his college but do you understand <laughs> that's funny he's... okay uh do you understand like you, you've you've played nba 2k before right i mean ages ago but you understand the premise like it's, it's five players whatever <laughs> so imagine this when you're playing in this right world. now in a world no listen imagine this you you like you they draft positions like you're playing one dude power forward yeah you're like one dude and literally you're that dude for the whole time can i be bo jackson yeah of course he's Tech heating up Super Bowl. Nope, that's <laughs> nba jam <laughs> no, that's what i was just thinking you can heat up NBA and like do jam flaming could be dunks. a good esports for like oh, OG esports. nba jam bird versus jordan or was that magic versus bird? i don't remember it was a good one um also on Saturday, we did the uh, the celebration to open up the dedicated uh, protected bike lane on the plaza. And I knew it was a Mardi Gras theme, and, and people might have seen on the news or in some pictures I, I had on some silly attire. I was thinking there was going to be like 100, 150 people there. there 10,000. There were no less than 400 people at this event. Did anybody get a buoy? Awesome. No. I had to stop <laughs> and think about that for a second. I was thinking of like a buoy when you're out on a boat. I understand. Um which I guess would also be a buoy. And that is also a buoy, a different um, kind. Anyhow, it was a incredible attendance, and um, almost everybody there was on their bike and then and went out and enjoyed the lanes afterwards, so that was awesome. And, um, you know, I hope that's the beginning of something that can be far more far-reaching. Um, but I think that when we put these things in, and I know sometimes folks go, well, why just like one mile? But some of this, 
when we pilot something, it allows us to kind of test it, get feedback, all that. But I also think it helps with citizens to really just imagine different possibilities because you know it's one thing to talk about something and say, well, it would be kind of be like if you did whatever. You put it into practice and you let people actually experience it, and then I think they have a whole different perspective when we talk about those sort of things moving forward and can say, yeah, I know what that means. I know what that looks like. Um, I've, I've seen that before. I've, I've interacted with that before, and it's more real to them. So. Hopefully this will inspire people to push us harder to, to do more stuff for cycle and uh, pedestrian safety infrastructure. So that was that was a good thing. Um, Let's move on to uh, – you today, got any, anything else? Well, today we, we did have a regional transit plan meeting over at the airport um, that brought in people from like a 10-plus county region, including some neighbors down in upstate South Carolina. That was really good. I mean, I, I hear this a lot. I'm a representative on the Central Carolina Council of Governments and now vice chair of transportation and planning. So I get the chance to have this conversation with a lot of people regionally a lot. But, um, I, and again, you and I weren't here in the government center 10 years ago or whatever, but I feel like there's a different energy around regional transit than there could have possibly ever been before. Um, our, our friend, Representative John Torbett in Gaston County, obviously a huge champion for transit um, and is in a leadership position in Raleigh to be able to do something about it. Um, but Republican, Democrat, young, old, Gaston County to Union County to York County to Lancaster County and everything around and in between, everyone in that room was there because they're energized about the idea of having a regional transit system that stretches out 10, 20, 30 miles in every direction. It's not all going to be rail. It's not all going to be bus, but it's going to be a mix of modes and a mix of ways for people to get around. And uh, like Rock Hill just launched a seven bus. They didn't have buses before. Now they have seven electric buses. Um, and they have blown their ridership projections out of the water just in the first couple. Yeah, of but months. it's not about ridership yet with electric buses. It's about the technology's not there yet. Yeah, for I'm not cost. making, I'm not necessarily wasn't using that to highlight electric buses specifically though. I think it's cool that they are using electric. I'm just saying a place like Rock Hill said, we think there's a demand for buses. A lot of people were naysayers and said, no one will ever ride those. And they have blown So their electric pre- buses is in That was a side buses. note. Okay. But my, my, my note was that even in communities that people are maybe skeptical of the potential for success with transit, people will ride it. And this is more, I mean, that's more of a suburban community and wouldn't necessarily be the place you'd think uh, is most in need or most in desire of transit. And yet it works. So... I think that, that everyone's starting to get it now, and it's not a partisan issue. Um, it's not a rural-urban issue because you think of the kind of ex- exurbs or whatever they're called, past the suburbs. I mean, a lot of these people are living 30, 40 minutes away and working in Charlotte or um, you know, working in Concord or wherever and have really long commutes. And so I think they want different options for how to get around and 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 it's still you know it's still complicated to try to figure this all out, but I think when you've got that energy and you've got that buy-in from a lot of people and and obviously you know with us on the intergovernmental committee there's a lot of work we're going to continue to do around that but um it's encouraging as we transition tonight i uh i just want to mention to you that i watched meet the press on sunday and one of the co-hosts of pod save america was a guest at the round table i saw the end of that Fy- dan pfeiffer and i'm just curious uh for an update on yet. the progress you've been <laughs> making with your commitment of getting us on the main stage. I mean, in my defense, we do still have like six months, uh, but I've not heard back yet. 
fortune favors the early bird, I believe, is is the Thank you for quote mixing metaphors. by Mahatma Gandhi. And people. <laughs> um, yes, I did see Dan Pfeiffer on there. And it's always weird. I don't guess I'd ever really seen him. He seems sharp. Him. I mean, yeah. I, I don't agree I with mean, his all, points, but he seemed like he knew, like he's incredible. All those like, guys are, are whip smart. One of them, and I, I never know which one's which just by their voices, but one of them gets on my nerves on the podcast and I can't ever figure out who it is. I don't think it's Watch Pfeiffer. out, man. We got a, a lot of our, our your side of our audience of R&D and QC. Them, yeah. Big uh Well, that's no, just America one of fans. them. Like the other two or three, you know. I think, you know what it is? I think one of them is like the liberal version of you. And I get enough of you already so that it's like. What does the liberal version of me sound like? Um, like not, not lot, annoying? Not as funny as they think they are. <laughs> Um, oh, hold on. I like just this kind guy of obnox- already. Yeah, just kind of obnoxious. <laughs> this guy sounds amazing. It'd be it's your personality with like a liberal mindset. Oh God, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's intolerable. Yeah, uh, the personality Ugh. part, not the liberal mindset. Yeah, uh, still working on that. So, and, and I hope you watched after Meet the Press. Um, your co-host on you were on Flashpoint, on Flashpoint with Ronnie Chatterjee and uh, and your friend Brad Overcash. Brad is a is a solid solid Republican in our state exists in a outside of Mecklenburg world, um, which a lot of some of my colleagues on the Republican side of the aisle, uh, feel like is a, a little easier of a world to live in. I, I like assume, to, I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. I like to, I, but again, and he was a good sport being sandwiched in between two Democrats. Yeah. He, he, you know, um, I thought I thought I thought on the whole everyone did a good job. I thought you were a little annoying. I mentioned that to you in a text. <laughs> you came out really hard on uh, what, what what I don't even remember voter what voter ID voter ID and your support of Bernie. Definitely didn't say that and all that stuff. You're gonna in support fact, you're gonna so fact, you're gonna support Bernie if he's the nominee though. In fact, I announced my endorsement today. That's crazy. I know. I told you not to do it, and I did it. I Senator said Amy Klobuchar. But you haven't really got a lot of pushback then, huh? No, I mean. You know, there are people who say, well, that's not my person. But, I mean, one of the things, and frankly, I think this underscores my point about her that I've made in some of my posts about why I've, I've decided to support her. No one no one hates her. I mean, she to me, she is someone who can unify. She's been able to unify a state in Minnesota that uh, she wins that state by 20 and 30 points at times. And, and she's winning districts where Trump might have carried it. She's winning districts that other statewide candidates are, are winning as Republicans and yet she's been able to build a coalition because she's pragmatic, because she's effective. She's consistently ranked as the most effective Democratic senator in the U.S. Senate. She's able to get tons of bills passed, even as a member of the minority party. Um, I'm going to be headed to Raleigh on Thursday for a couple of events with her, and then we'll be back here together. Oh, so you're, like, communicating with her. Uh, I spoke with her husband a couple times this weekend. Uh, I've not had the chance to speak directly with her but I've talked to a lot of people on our team and we'll be together Thursday in Raleigh and then Saturday here. So, so they're really uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> so do you want me to- <laughs> They're like, uh, look, could you hold, we have uh, Amy on the line for you. Like, he's like, I can't talk right now. Could you tell her to call me back in 10 minutes? <laughs> so do you know who um, I'm hoping that the, uh, she's got a pretty famous uh, top level endorser here in North Carolina that I'm hoping will be joining me at the Raleigh event. Oh, really? The American Idol alum. Who also ran for Congress? Do you know who this person is? Clay Aiken. Yeah, Shut Clay Aiken up. is really? his team Amy, and uh, and lives in the Triangle area. So I'm hoping that that he'll. Be I, with I us didn't on know he Thursday. was still alive. Yes, he That's ran for Congress young. like four years ago. 
Five that's years ago. I totally forgot about that. And he won a Democratic primary. Um, that was before uh, being he, a public TV celebrity was cool and got you elected. He lost to, um, I think he lost to Renee Elmers. Oh, really? Wow. Um, Clay Aiken. Yeah. So, the interesting thing about that was he actually lost his primary, and it was so close that the guy who finished second was contesting it and was slated to, I guess, back off of his um, objection or his demand for a recount or whatever and was going to concede the next day. Um, but the guy actually passed away. The Clay Aiken's opponent passed away uh, the day before he was going to concede and had finished in second by just like a couple hundred votes in a congressional primary. So you don't, you don't have any notion – in your mind that Amy can actually win at this point. Do you? So I think there's a path for everyone left in the democratic primary, although some of them are, are more narrow than others. Um, besides Tulsi Gabbard, who is, I'm not sure why she's still in the race, but I think there's literally a, a potential path for everybody. If you look back um, and someone will correct me if I get this wrong, but I, I've read some stuff and I think it was literally to so, till super Tuesday before Bill Clinton got delegates. I mean, the times have changed, whatever. Um, there are instances where people who went on to become the nominee did not fare well before Super Tuesday. And there's states where um, Senator Klobuchar has some very favorable states. Does Nevada at least have a higher African-American base than and, the first and, two? Um, and Hispanic. It does. So it does. It's a, it it's is a meaningful diverse. group. It is more diverse than And Iowa Bernie won at the level he did do that. If I was on your, your side of the aisle... I will be losing my crap right now, man. Well, he's he's not going to win South. Bernie's not going to win South Carolina. Joe Biden is. It'll be a matter of how much does he win it by. I think that the path for Senator Klobuchar is a. She's got some really favorable states coming up on Super Tuesday. Her home state of Minnesota, states like Arkansas. But I think that if 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 Vice President Biden, he's going to win South Carolina. If he doesn't win it by much, though, he's going to be viewed as as kind of sputtering. And, and he's someone I have an immense amount of respect for. I think, you know, in 2016, he might have been the right person to, to beat Trump. In hindsight, that's easy to look back. But um, but I don't know that he's the person now. Um, Who? Joe Biden. Oh, I think, yeah. And I think that there are a group of, of folks who want a more pragmatic candidate. I fall into that group. And I think that most of those voters are looking at Joe Biden, they're looking at Pete Buttigieg, and they're looking at Amy Klobuchar. I don't know that the, this – I've, I've seen a couple – mentions of this on social media and stuff but like when i first heard it it's something that's hard to forget where you like see like he has it looks like he has tendencies of like early onset dementia or something when he's when he's and like maybe that's maybe i'm playing into it i mean but i mean i like i I don't know man he's not as he's not as that's smooth as he used to be. Right. But I think that happens to to everybody. And nine years away from the end of this to be done. I mean, that's a little, that's, that's a little nervous. Well, I mean, he and Bernie and and Trump are all about the same age. So if age is going to be an issue, it needs to be an issue for all three of them. But that's neither here nor there. I don't think that somebody is necessarily incapable because they're 77, 78 years old of being the president. But I think that there are, I think there's opportunity if, if he kind of stalls, which I think is possible. I think that there is, you know, a group of folks who say Pete Buttigieg might be the future of the Democratic Party, and he's certainly got uh, brilliant, brilliantly smart. Served our country in the military. I mean, he's. Really I'll give you one thing, dude is sharp. Like crazy it, smart. It, like he's but, he's the kind of guy that doesn't have a lot of gaffes out there. 
just but you can tell age. someone who's sharp. He's you know already I mean? he's been the mayor of a city that's hundred thousand people, and so I think that it's. He needs it's, more experience agreed. at a broader scale and to see a if lot that of stuff voters, scales. A lot of voters will see it that way. And like that's so, like every, everyone's like Larkin Eggleston is a amazing representative who could serve us as president. I'm like, no one said that yet. Mm. Um, and so I I do think that there, I think she doesn't have some of the negatives that that some of the other candidates could be viewed as having, or things that you know, Donald Trump's going to come in and try to like undermine their, their credibility on y'all are about to feel the burn. Just trust me on this. I'm, I, I mean, feel certainly it coming. I'm not saying I see that it. it's, it's not possible, but I think that, well, for one, I think that the order that we, we have States vote in is, is kind of silly. I think two, given what happened in Iowa and there were some issues in Nevada caucuses have got to go. I mean, it's just a trash way yeah, to do ridiculous. an election. Um, I don't mind having a couple States go early because all of a sudden, then the focal, the spotlight gets put on some candidates, and you see how they stand up to it. Fine, I got it. But like, it they need to be like states that are representative of the electorate, because if you just go to one and if area, ninety six percent white. Right, I mean, it's like of the country. that's not like okay, so not you to did say okay. Your voice isn't important, but you shouldn't yeah. be the person who can make or break a candidate. Like you want chances. something that's more of a microcosm of like the entire electorate. Agree. So, uh, it, so that's a little strange. Um, North Carolina would probably pretty well reflect the uh, diversity. Plus, what do we got, like 110 uh, delegates or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I I do think there's a path for her. Um, I wouldn't have supported her if I didn't. And and frankly, I think that we need to be, A, a lot of people say, well, I want to vote for someone that I think is going to win. And if you're just trying to pick who you think has the momentum, I think that's disingenuous. I think people should vote for someone that they feel convicted to vote for, someone that they actually have a passion to support. Um, because if you, if you say, well, the media told me or the polls told me or my friends told me that so-and-so can't win and then you don't vote for them, well, then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that that person can't win. And I do think, uh, particularly from the anecdotal feedback I've gotten today, I think there's a lot of people who look at Amy Klobuchar and say that is someone who could be president. Again, she's been consistently rated as the most effective member yeah. of the U.S. Senate as a Democrat. So she's, she's got a proven track record of not promising things that she then can't deliver on. She she actually is able to deliver, and she doesn't make um, extreme promises. All I'll tell you is this. I, I on And maybe this is the importance of endorsements from the local level, is that I never looked at her and thought anything. Like, nothing gave me cre- a credible sense of, like, there's somebody I paid attention to until you endorsed. And I know you well enough to know, like, all right, if you're going to come out. Like, I didn't you, take you, that lightly. I, yeah. I, so if you're going to do something like that, I, 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 it, it, it warranted at least, of course, I'm not going to support her, but like it warranted well, a second and look. And that's all me. I asked people in, in the post that I made was if you if you haven't considered her, just check her out. I mean, if you give her a look, you, you will not walk away thinking she's not qualified. She's unquestionably qualified. The whether, you bump. Deci- whether you decide to vote for her or not is up to you, but at least know what you've got there as an option. And I think it's a good one. When's the next debate? Uh, it'll be, it's in Charleston on Wednesday. Is Bloomberg in it? I think so. Yes. Here's my prediction. So here's the interesting. Here's thing. my Steyer's prediction. going to do really well in South Carolina, which is why he's not dropping. Steyer out. in the debate? I don't think he is. I don't think he qualified for this one, but he's going to finish in the top three in South Carolina. So here's my prediction. You ready for this one? Bloomberg's going to come in, locked and loaded, and he's going to murder in the debate. I think. I mean, I think he did ru- no yeah, prep rust. work oh, beforehand. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm telling you, like, he's surrounded by the best 
infrastructure and advisors money can buy. I can't he believe will be better. He no, will no, be better. I but. can't believe that it's a matter of like they were like you don't need to you don't need to practice Mr. Billionaire. I bet you they were like you need to practice. You need to practice. He was like, "What are you talking about? I have over 50 billion dollars. I'm going to go in there and murder these people." And he was he didn't realize he was out of his depth. And now I think he left there embarrassed enough that he realizes if I'm going to do this again, I have to go back and show everybody, here's what happens when I practice. I'm just not sure he's that great of a debater, and it's not necessarily... You you, you can be a, a, a bad debater, but still have like a couple of preconceived ideas in your mind of how I'm going to respond. It's like a rap battle. You know what they're going to hit you with, man. It's like a rap battle, Larkin. I'm sure that Mike Bloomberg has been a countless number of rap he's battles. He's seen the Eminem movie. I mean, you know he has. I feel like he hasn't. Mm. Have you? I'm certain have he's you never seen been. I'm certain he's movie? never. Yes, I'm certain he's never <laughs> been to Eight Mile. There you go. Um, but I and did think he was going to throw up his mom's spaghetti at that debate last time. Don't. Yeah, we get it. You understand. His knees weak. Arms were heavy. Uh, <laughs> there was vomit on his sweater yeah, already. Okay. Mom's uh, spaghetti. Listen, stop. 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 But on um, the surface, remember he when I used calm to do, and ready uh, uh, to drop bombs. Remember when he I kept used to read rap lyrics? Stop. He wrote down. Stop. Oh my the God. The whole we, crowd goes so loud. We found the one thing you know how to do here. <laughs> That's about, great. Amazing. But the words won't come out. How about tonight's meeting? Let's hit it real quick because we're <laughs> like at the we 29. 30 minutes. We're at the 29 the or so minute mark here. Um, tonight was annoying. Two major things. The end. <laughs> the end. Two major things. Controversial. One, uh, bull hooks and circus animals. Two, which, spoiler alert, we still haven't d- yeah. dealt with. So again, I think we go long story short on that one, which is we debated it forever. We did the one thing that you should never do, which is come in without kind of a general consensus of votes and support. And we, how much time do you think we spent on that? Was it like it was at least sixty minutes? It might have been. Oh, 90. at least. Well, with the speakers, it was undoubtedly 90 total. Uh, also, pair that with in the pre-dinner meeting, the time we spent there. Plus, at then least, at least people minutes. worked on it offline and brought something back. 90, maybe pushing two hours total between 5 p.m. So and if you don't midnight. remember us and talking about it. we didn't vote it, on it. If you don't remember us talking about it in the past, there was a, uh, a group of very organized citizens who've been on us and emailing us and everything to ban circuses from Charlotte. And one step down from that, which is kind of where we were headed, was ban bull hooks and electric prods. electric prods. We learned there's several parts of the animal that um, if you hit it there, the skin is thinner and you can do very serious damage and it's painful. Um, and uh, I think after some diligence, many a majority of us got comfortable with saying, all right, there's probably a, a middle ground where we can ban these, these really you know, in, it, as far as I've, I've learned, pretty cruel devices um, that can be used in these ways. But the language got messed up. We, we used language from other cities that was a little vague in some areas. Uh, and then and then all of a sudden we started debating. And long story short, we, we punted didn't vote. it. <laughs> Again. So, yeah. So um, so there's more awesome. work to come there. And then the other one was the legislative agenda. Why don't you give us that quick recap? From a well, the thing of, the thing of any note was that there was what I think all but three members of council deemed to be a vague 
ask of the state government that would have been viewed as antagonistic would have been ineffective in its goal and that all but two or three of us felt like was not worthy of being on the legislative agenda and i think that the minority perspective in that vote attempted to paint it as cowardly and fear um, motivated by fear uh, and I think Ms. Watlington said it best that this is not about fear. This is about effectiveness. This is about being strategic. Uh, as Councilmember Graham said it, we should be playing chess, not checkers. And um, so that to me was was I, misrepresented. And I, you know, I've done my I've done my best as co-chair with with Councilman Winston of the Intergovernmental Relations to to be f- as fair as I can, knowing and having been transparent with him that I am just against this. Um, I think the thing I, I still have trouble with, even when I talk to him about it is like Braxton, I think we can both agree is a smart dude. Um, I don't fully comprehend. He, he has to know it's a non-starter, not just for, for the entire general assembly statewide to adopt something like that, but even for our own delegation to say, I will, I, that's something we want to take up. Um, so I don't understand the end game here and the strategy other than if it's making a point, all right, the point's been made. Um, but like to keep pushing forward, I just, I don't see any relevant outcome of, of any, of any merit. Well, and, and one of the other dissenting council members said that maybe we should send some long list to our delegation oh, that was and let so them decide, dumb. which was pointed out to me by somebody that okay, so we're we're basically deferring our legislative. We're going to let our legislators decide on our legislative agenda. And not to mention that also assumes like they don't base their entire year and all their efforts waiting for our agenda and the laundry list of things they can do. Like if any of them thought that was relevant whatsoever, they could take that up on their on their own merits. So I have bad news. What? The voting period for the best of the best awards has closed. It's already closed. Yeah. So, so folks, for those of you still listening, who depending didn't on eat our earlier, uh, what time, what time you're getting this? Nope, not depending. <laughs> That's not how podcasts work. Interesting. But they could have heard it earlier. They couldn't have. Think not about unless it. Unless they're like Larkin. in the next room. <laughs> so hopefully you so already hopefully, voted uh, when we asked you like a week or two ago. I'm going to go ahead and make another bold prediction tonight, Larkin. That we're not going to win that award. We've lost. <laughs> We didn't do anything to well, really we said help it once that. on the podcast. We said it once at the end of a, like an hour long podcast. But hopefully people were were hip to the uh, best of the best awards and just naturally felt like, oh, you know what? It's a really good podcast. I don't think I don't think it works R&D that way. I think you I think you, you have, have to activate it, yeah. your folks to in order to win those things. Okay. Well, so next year when Charlotte Magazine puts out its best of the best awards, please put do. a note in your calendar. Yeah. Yeah. We'll still be here. Probably. Doubtful. <laughs> I might be Secretary uh, of the Interior for President Klobuchar. I'm voting for Secretary of the Exterior for you. I don't even know what that means. Secretary of State. Oh. I'm just kidding. I, made I, that up. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds maybe. like no? that sounds too high pressure. It's for the outside perimeter of our national parks. I'll hire you as a park ranger. Hey, guess what? Uh, around 35, 36 minute mark. That's not bad short episode okay suits me all right man well it's been a lot of fun being with you all day today 
Uh, I can't say the same. Agreed. Uh, like it. Oh, but also welcome to town. It. I'm sure uh, when people come in from out of town, people probably put them onto the podcast. So for those of you that are in from out of town listening for the first time, welcome to all our CIAA family who's in town this week. Ooh, yes. I couldn't make it to today's event, but I got a couple on the calendar for the rest of this week. <clears throat> and here's hoping uh, that the Golden Bulls of JCSU and the Rams of Winston-Salem State uh, prevail because my hometown team and my current town team. So go Bulls and Rams. Mm. Okay. Over and out. All right. Peace. Peace. <laughs>